Hello and welcome to the Megavision Show, episode 110. My name is Chris Pallon. I'm the editor of Megavisions. And joining me this week is Sam and Alicia. How are you all doing today? Oh, I'm here. I am here. <laughs> That's good to hear. Uh, I, I've been worried about you, Sam. I mean, I, I know we had the orb situation uh last week how are you feeling i think that's what everyone is is concerned about right now i'm feeling fine it was it it really only affected me for about i'd say a half hour or like maybe even less than that after i left uh left that house uh we'll see what happens the next time that we go back we're going to be going back to that place in uh january I wonder if you've gotten branded like in Berserk and now at, at night the demons can track you down and, and they're, they're going to start like coming for you like they do in Berserk. Not to scare you. Oh, geez. Anything, yeah. I'm, that's, <laughs> I, I, I might need to spiritual protection in my room. I, it, it does yeah. happen. Yeah, I, I, I was I was kind of I, I brought it up like the that that book Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, it. It it, it, it kind of chronicles people going out to Skinwalker Ranch, um, and and when and they there's lots of orb activity out there, and what's yeah. happened is that they've gone back home, and it's like that activity has kind of followed them um, wherever they go back home, and it's even like starting to like kind of mess with their family members too, which is kind of kind of strange, and they're seeing patterns there for for that. So lots of spooky stuff going on in the world these days, you know. For sure. And that's the main reason why anytime that we go to any location, we put forth a lot of spiritual protections, prayers, sage, um, really just whatever, whatever we can do to make sure that no spirit, especially negative spirits of any sort, whether that be any kind of vengeful spirit, poltergeist, demon, anything of that nature, make sure that that doesn't follow us when we leave that location. So, and, you know, I mean, that's not to say that everything is foolproof, but it's definitely good to, um, anytime you go to a haunted location to go in with uh, mindfulness uh, and respect and also a lot of, you know, you, you need to know about different ways to protect yourself. So that way you're not causing long term damage to you or loved ones by bringing anything back with you. Yeah, that's, I think that's the, those, those are it's smart for sure. And I, I always get so you know upset watching these paranormal shows where you have the investigators who try to antagonize any sort of spirit or whatever else might be there uh because it's just for one it's it's disrespectful you know to whatever has happened in that you know location and um it's just i think just a really negative way of going about uh you know trying to interact with any potential you know entities or, or whatever it might be that might be there you know yeah for sure and i know the other thing too is a lot of the bigger uh a lot of the bigger ghost hunting shows from from what i've talked to uh some of the people that i work with uh they they just want to dramatize whatever they can including even making up evidence when they need to 
And <laughs> a lot of that just isn't, isn't good. And when you force stuff like that, you're kind of inviting something bad to eventually happen. So it's just, it's not good practice, uh, not only out of, you know, uh, out of a respectful nature, but also for your own personal uh, spiritual well-being and protection. It's also a really bad practice in that sense too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's keep going with the uh, the paranormal talk. Have you have you been up to any other uh, things in the strange and, and weird? Mostly just some editing. Um, I think I mentioned getting some new camera equipment the last time. Um, I'm going to be taking that to the shop that um, the leader of the investigation group, Trevor, where he works and owns that shop. I'm going to be filming uh, interview footage and really just kind of gauging uh his opinion but i'll keep you guys updated as the video progresses uh i i will say that uh for this particular haunting that i've been talking about here on the mega vision show for the past couple weeks the final video will be done by next week and from talking to trevor he should have it up on the rogues hollow paranormal facebook pretty soon after that as well so for everyone listening it won't be too long probably uh next week when you'll be able to see some of the stuff that i've been talking about oh that's exciting i i I for one am, am very uh excited to see that i'm I, I'm always up for for some sort of like evidence and and some sort of you know like real substantial footage, and so I'm I'm interested to see what you guys have in store there. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I will make sure I send you a a, a link to. I should okay. be able to get a link to it, so that way um, you can share it for all the listeners, so that way everyone can uh, see that um, if they're interested to uh, you know see more about that too. Oh, we're, we're hey, we're we're on this road with you now, Sam. We we want to see the video, so for sure, oh, we're know, we're, yeah. we're in this till the end. I'm sure I'm I'm speaking for for many of us out there. I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, anything else uh, going on there? Uh, this weekend, uh, it's it's December, but we still have a couple more shows there at the haunted house I work at. Uh, I work oh, at right. the Factory of Terror in uh, Canton, Ohio. Uh, it's been in the Guinness Book of World Records a few times as the world's largest haunted house. It's not anymore, um, but it's still a pretty good one. It's the Krampus weekend. So it's a special That's Christmas cool. show that we do. They decorate it <laughs> up really nice, too, with um, all kinds of uh, Christmas decorations throughout uh, different. Th- there'll be, obviously, as the name would imply, there's a lot of uh, Krampus animatronics and statues. There's also. Um, Christmas trees. Um, and then what will be fun for me is the area that I'm going to be working in is actually in between two of the shows inside of the haunted house. It, so they get out of one show and then when they go to stand in line for the next one, cause there's a few, there's like a few different shows in there. Um, many haunts within the whole haunt. I'm getting um before they even get into the next line. They think it's over from the one show and they got a moment to breathe. Well, here's me in a uh, creepy elf costume throwing <laughs> little cotton balls that they have uh, as snowballs at the customer, scaring them right before they even get into the next show. So I love it. That'll yep. be fun. I'll be on my feet all, all all night Friday and Saturday night. 
Oh man, you're going to be like doing, having so many stealth kills out there. You know, people thinking that they're safe and you're just coming in from the shadows, sniping people with your cotton balls. I love it. Oh yeah. Well, and especially because of the fact that if it's anything like I remember it, um, cause I didn't work that area last year, but I do remember that, uh, that whole area for Krampus, they have almost not like a maze per se, but like almost like a forest of like Christmas trees and stuff that you have to like walk around in order to get to the next line. So there's obstacles already for them to dodge and really perfect spots for me to hide. And I can, you know, pop out of one tree, boom, scare someone run around in like a zigzag motion and then boom, get someone else that they're like, well, where, where does this guy keep coming from? <laughs> so that's my favorite thing to do at the haunted house is just when I know my way around, I love to just make people, if I can hear somebody say, where does this guy keep coming from? I know I'm doing my job, right? That's the key. You got to memorize the map, right? And then you got to know, you know, where all you can, you know, all the spawns are going to be happening. So you can go and and hit that up. So you got it going, Sam. You're you're playing this well. I I commend you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. it's it's like a game only at the end of the night i can barely talk walk or breathe (laughs) (laughs) that sounds pretty intense i think i'll uh i'll I'll stick to uh just chilling back at the house (laughs) there there you go yep and then it's funny because my day job is i'm actually a substitute teacher so (laughs) scaring kids both at night and at, at, at at school i take it well, a funny story from today, the kids were far from scared. If anything, they thought they got one over on me. Uh-oh. What happened? So, long story short, I was handing out tests. Um, they were supposed to be taking their big unit exam uh, for psychology class. And I thought everything was fine. There were two sections of that class. The first section, I had no issues. Later in the day, in the afternoon, I hand out the test like normal. I go to sit back down at the desk and, you know, read a book and then occasionally walk around, make sure everyone's doing their own work as I normally would do. Someone raises their hand, a girl in the front of the class, and she goes, um, Mr. Substitute, because she forgot my name already. Oh, geez. She goes, the answer key is on this. I'm like, what? Oh, no. no. Oh, uh, I'm like, oh, my okay. God. Uh, okay. No, no big deal. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. Let me replace your test. Another hand shoots in the air. Oh, um, no. Mine has the answer key, too. Oh, no. At that oh, point, I get concerned. <laughs> oh, geez. then I begin to wonder. Did I, I anxiety go through the roof already? <laughs> oh, I, I, I immediately go back over to the stack of tests that, that was left for me by the teacher and start going through each one. Answer key, answer key, answer key. Every single test had the answer key stapled to it. What? So now, yeah. And, and that was the pack. That was the packet of tests that I was supposed to hand out. It wasn't like this. This was something else, and I was supposed to hand out tests from a different stack. This is all that was there. Oh my goodness! So now I have to go around the whole classroom and have all the kids rip 
out the staples from the uh, <laughs> from the back of the uh, test where it has the answer key, and it's already like, well, who's already seen it already, and and already started putting down some answers before they did that. So, and then it makes me think. What about the first period class? I had no issues. Not a single person said anything. Oh, no. I thought nothing was wrong. Every they single were smart. student. <laughs> well, they're not. I don't know about that because we ended up calling. We ended up. Uh, me and the teacher's assistant ended up calling the the teacher, and she's not too thrilled with her first period class. That that much <laughs> I can say. Seventh period, they're in the clear. Either way, everybody's going to have to take a brand new test. But oh man. Yeah. So first period, they're going, they're going to get quite the lecture tomorrow morning about academic honesty. Yeah. What, what's going on with the kids these days? You know, I know, right. It was, that, that was nuts. I, I, I about had a panic attack when I found that. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine I would freak. So holy smokes. Um, Yep. Wow. So, well, I think you handled. I think you handled it really well. I probably would just be like, "Everyone, give me your test!" And they, like freak it out, yeah. A whole cause a ruckus, you know. So, oh yeah, yeah that's the la- that's that's the last thing I want is any kind of ruckus. I'm, yeah. If, <laughs> it, a boring day is a good day because well, it means as a I'm substitute not- teacher, right? You don't want a ruckus going on at all if you're a sub. Oh, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if if there's a day and I don't have to call the office because a student decided to skip the whole class mod when they asked to use the bathroom, I will take it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I did, oh I did a lot of that in, in high school for sure. So, um, no, that sounds like you had quite the week. Wow. Um, I can't wait to, to see how it goes next week. So, um, definitely. Keep I live us, a diverse uh, life. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's interesting for sure. Um, Alicia, what have you been up to? <laughs> Not that. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh my I gosh. Know, it, me, it reminds me of my uh, um, IA days back when I was an instructional assistant. So <laughs> I miss those Fun days. times. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, so because I was thinking about what you were talking about, you know, causing a ruckus. So when I was in high school, we had a substitute teacher who had a name that sounded like a disease. I'm not kidding. But oh, she gosh. was like seriously sweet, right? <laughs> like she was the Poor sweetest. Lady. She was everybody's grandma kind of thing. She was seriously nice. Oh, everybody loved her. We loved her having her. And uh, my back when I was in high school, we had typing classes on, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 Home row. I, I love <laughs> yep, that stuff. Yep. And uh, my typing teacher, his wife had cancer during the uh, during the semester that I had to take it. And so he was gone. So we had her and she had no idea what she was doing. She was just like, you're supposed to type this <laughs> stuff. So just do it. So <laughs> some of my friends yeah. um, figured out how to upload a copy of Doom way back when nice. I mean, we're talking, you know, back in the oh, late wow. 90s, early 2000s. Okay. They uploaded Doom to the computer servers. And so we do our typing and then we'd all jump on Doom and play. <laughs> and I found wow. out that I love it. <laughs> years later it was still on the servers and it no had it's like the secret to everybody who had been in those classes. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. 
we managed to cause a, a small ruckus that that ended up being a you know a lasting thing. So <laughs> you started a tradition. We did. We started a tradition. It was better than the hidden paddle. So I mean, hey, Doom. It's video games. Always better than that. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, speaking of causing ruckus, my little one has been sick. Um, he got sick oh, man. Thursday night, actually after my stream. Um. And we're not, he, he's been getting this, like, this is the fourth time that he's had whatever this is since he started school in September. He gets a cough, and when he coughs, he tends to, to throw up. And so he spends, like, the first day doing that, coughing and throwing up. It's real fun. And then, like, the next day, he'll run a, a small fever, and he will cough. And the, it's just kind of this lingering cough sort of thing that, that lasts for a few days. And then it goes away almost magically overnight and then he's fine but he's not a normal kid which we've talked about he's got some interesting things so when he gets sick it is like someone has given a gremlin speed it's crazy (laughs) he has the most energy i have ever seen in a child that is not well it's like somebody help me I right? Like most kids they get sick and they want to cuddle and they want to go to sleep and they want to just lay around. Not him. Nope. He literally is bouncing off the walls and I'm just like sitting there going, What happened to my he's child? Incredible Hulk. Right. Like, yes. Gamma radiation yes. or something. Actually he's, he's kind of like that because he gets mean. He has a temper when he's sick too. So not only is he spazzing out all, all over the place, or you know, he's got an incredible amount of energy, but then he's he's angry all the time. And it's like, I don't have any idea what happened. Seriously. Um, maybe it is gamma radiation. <laughs> Who knows? You know, uh, it could be something in the water that I have a superhero kid and don't know about it yet. <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh. So, so because of that, my week has been pretty much just attempting to keep my child bubble wrapped as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, which hasn't allowed me to do a whole lot of anything beyond, you know, strenuous or anything like that. Um, I was supposed to start painting my office this week, and that didn't happen. So, um, so yeah, I think he's well enough. He might go back to school tomorrow. I'm hoping um, that he will get today, and, or he'll get tomorrow and Thursday, and, and then we'll we'll see what happens the next week. But yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. Somebody give me some ideas of how to calm him down. And and uh, cough medicine doesn't work. Like, it doesn't huh. help. So not only does it not knock him out, if you give him the nighttime stuff, doesn't do anything. It does not knock him out. It doesn't help the cough either. And so I've tried everything from, like, uh, the, the Highlands Children's Natural stuff to... Uh, like Dimatap for babies to, cause I mean, he's only three, so you can't go, you know, too high up in that stuff to just, I mean, like anything, the humidifier, everything to try to figure out how to help the cough and then how to get him to go to sleep. And Oh my goodness. <laughs> if somebody wants to send me a whole box of coffee, I will not complain. <laughs> Donate your, your, yeah, your, your coffee. Donate to, to my coffee fund. <laughs> All you know those Kofi's where you get. can buy a cup of coffee? You can literally buy me a cup of coffee. Seriously. I don't feel okay. <laughs> yeah, that. it's really what she needs. So. 
<laughs> oh, so well, good luck good luck with that Alicia. <laughs> you know i will say yeah oda man he was a terror you know you know uh for sure um but i don't you know i don't remember him ever ever getting any sort of supernatural powers when he got sick so um, that's interesting so <laughs> well good no. luck with that I could say when I was little, I would go through a period where I didn't want to move at all, but out of nowhere, I would feel fine again. And it was at that moment that next thing you know, and I'm already, I'm already at home at this point. I'm not at school or nothing. I'm, I am jumping around, bouncing off the walls, going completely ballistic. Like, and then that's what would do it. I'd get yelled at. You're going to get yourself sick again, doing all that moving around. You need to rest. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much did because that would do it again. But <laughs> yeah. oh, it had to, I well, I'm sick again. Why did I do that? I had to ha- almost have the plague though to actually stay home from school. Like I, I grew up in a household where if you're not like throwing up, yeah, and you, you're you're going to school, and that was for good reason. <laughs> let let them deal with them. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Um, well, you know, I, I, I got uh, to do something this weekend that I was really excited about because uh, I don't know if you remember, but I said uh, over Thanksgiving, we went down to visit uh, my in-laws in North Carolina and we had a right. great time there. It was, it was a lot of fun, um, but I didn't get to cook a turkey. Uh, my, uh, my father-in-law, he, he roasted his turkey and you know what? I, I'm not, you know, he's probably not going to listen to this ever. It, it was not my favorite <laughs> turkey I've ever had. I'll say that. Oh, no. Um, and so I was just, man, I was like, kind of just like kind of bummed. I'm like, man, I, I cook a turkey every year. Usually I'll, I'll cook two. I'll, I'll smoke one and I'll fry a turkey. But I was really kind of bummed out because last year my fried turkey didn't come out so well. Um, and so I wanted to kind of make up for it. And I got my opportunity because on Sunday, uh, my my wife wanted to do kind of a, a makeup Thanksgiving for Elliot because he was watching the house for us while we were gone. And and we thought that he had had plans to, to go to his girlfriend's house to have Thanksgiving with them and ended up he just decided to, to hang out at the house and just play video games all night long and <laughs> didn't do anything for Thanksgiving. So she wanted to have like another Thanksgiving for him and the and and some of uh and his girlfriend and her her family and stuff. So we invited them over. Long story short, I was able to cook my turkey. I fried it up, and it came out uh, amazingly well. I was very happy with it. I shared the photos in our Discord channel. We have like the food, uh, whatever is like food talk or something like that um, channel in there. Uh, but yeah, I posted the photos there. I think, and uh, I, I have to say, it came out pretty good for a uh, for fried turkey. Uh, I was really happy with it. So. I know there's people out there that love their turkeys and uh, yeah, yeah. so we, we have even, we still not gotten tired of it yet. I mean, my, that, that, that night, I think my wife uh, threw it all in a pot and just like slow cooked it. And the the next night we uh, ended up having like a, like a kind of a turkey noodle soup, basically just replaced the chicken with a turkey and, and there you go. And it was, it was really good. So. That's uh so yeah I like I said I haven't been doing a whole lot but um I I have I can't wait we'll talk about it later um we'll talk about some Willow talk I know people are probably also ready to to hear more about our thoughts on Willow so we'll we'll do that at the end of the show but um but now why don't we get into to some news now so Sam right. 
I'm going to throw it your way so we can talk about this week's uh, new releases. Okay. So not as much as normal, but there is definitely some good gems on here for sure. Uh, starting off, and this is out right now. Hello Neighbor 2 is out. Um, it's on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, um, Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, and PC. This one is an interesting kind of stealth horror game uh, where you're essentially on a mission to dig up your creepy neighbor's secrets. And this time you can go all throughout the neighborhood. So you're not stuck in a house. You're, you're going around and the AI is pretty smart and they'll catch on to you and, you know, and some of your behaviors. So it, the neural network AI system is what it has and it'll directly learn from you no matter what you're doing. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I love smart AI that actually like learns from the player and doesn't just like follow one strict pattern. Um, so Odin was, so was playing cool. this a little earlier. Um, he, he actually, I guess, installed it. Um, and yeah, I, w- I was watching him play it. And it, it is like really interesting how they've added onto the map. Now you can go out into the whole neighborhood and there's some weird stuff going on with it because it seems like uh, it's, it's, it's weird. Like everything's not as, 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 as what it like. It seems like you're in some sort of like nether world or something. I don't know how to explain it. Like all the the, the signs and stuff are all written weird. Like it mm-hmm. looks like it's almost written upside down or backwards or both or something. Um, and just everything looks a little off. So it's 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 interesting. I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to, to to watching him play more. Um, but to what you were saying about the uh, the AI and and just kind of the uh, the computer and the difficulty and and the learning and stuff. I was watching. Uh, one of the enemy characters and it was neat because Odin had thrown like a crowbar <laughs> at a window hoping to, like break it to where he can jump out um, but I noticed that the uh, the bad guy like walked over and picked it up um, from oh, where wow. Odin had thrown it and then like took it and like put it somewhere else in the house and then so now it's like somewhere else and you have to go find it and so it adds kind of a, a cool little element there which I don't really remember if i've seen too many you know video games do that usually like if you just drop an item or a weapon or something like that uh you know the enemies just run past it and they you know they don't even care about it but it seems yeah, like for, uh they it, for an indie game to too that's super super innovative i absolutely love that that's that is smart yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, I he's he's still playing it now, but I'm going to jump in and just that's going to be a good game for me to just sit back and watch him play, <laughs> and I could get, <laughs> kind of uh, just give him pointers along the way. So um, yeah, cool looking release though for sure. Yeah. Did he play the first yep. one? Oh yeah, yeah, he loves okay. the whole series. Okay, so he yeah. knows so the he, story because yeah, it's a yeah. whole it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's played through it quite a, quite a few times, and actually he's played through. Um, the My Friendly Neighborhood demo and, and stuff. And he really enjoyed that too. And he's actually started speed running that as well. Um, so, but he's, uh, yeah, he's really into those ty- sty- uh, style of games. And so he's like obsessed with, with the sequel right now. So he's, yeah, he's jamming to that. Well, that's awesome. Um, also this week, all right, I'm going to give you a little description and I want you guys to take a guess at who the developer might be. Oh man. It's a JRPG, 16 bit. It involves dragons 
as well as mech suits, and it can take you between 30 and 40 hours of playtime. Um, you've got vast customization, upgrade system, and the freedom to build however you want uh, your character to be uh, with skills and equipment, customize your dream airship. Huge, massive game. I would say Square. That's what jumps out at me. It's all the things about Square, right? That make up the classic Square games. That would that would be a very good guess, but actually, it is a one man developer named Matthias Linda. Wow! Wow! Holy smokes! Yeah, it, the game is called Chained Echoes. It's out on Thursday. Yeah. It's going to be coming to PS Five, PS Four, uh, Series XS, Xbox One, the Switch, and PC. So it's going to be everywhere. You can, no matter what you're on, you can play it. But it's just it it blows me away at just how how massive this is on its own. But take one person, like I saw a quote where he was being interviewed. He says, "Hi, my name is Matthias Linda. I am the development team for Chained Echoes." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man, I think I, I wonder was this a Kickstarter? Because I think I might have. Like, probably it was I think probably contributed to this back in uh, the day because this looks familiar uh but yeah that this looks like an awesome little release here yeah yeah it was on kickstarter i wonder how i'm gonna click on it, it was in 20 he got it uh it was in 2019 it looks like uh he was able to raise 130,000 euros for it i need to log in a kickstarter to find out um Huh. That's that's awesome. So, oh, yeah. speaking of Kickstarter, uh, one of my one of my recent uh, uh, projects I, I backed is about to, to be fulfilled. I'm really excited about it. Do you do you guys remember that board game called Nightmare, where it was that VHS yeah. tape oh originally and you played yeah. through? So I thought I was the only one that knew that. Oh, I loved that game. We played it a lot growing oh, up. Um, I game. played it a lot. Um, well, they, they made a new one for it. It's called uh, atmosphere and they kickstarted it and they, it's a whole new board game and everything that's coming out. And so they're, they're, yeah, like all of them, tell me the video is just as cheesy. Oh, it, it, they got the same guy. He's there. They managed to get the same dude. He, oh back. my god! I'm sure I'm he was hard. Out right I now. know that he's probably really <laughs> super busy. I know he's got a lot of projects on his plate and everything, but somehow he's able to squeeze it in. Um, and <laughs> he's back. Uh, but oh man, I loved him, the gatekeeper. Um, oh and, yeah, um, yeah. I think the um, Anger Video Game Nerd's got a great video on on that um on his channel back in the day but no i'm super pumped for that and uh and that's great sam to hear that that you know about it. and alicia you said you played it too no but i know about it because i you know dig into all that sort of stuff so oh man yeah it it, it is it at the goodwill and i made all of my friends play it and we were just we we couldn't stop laughing with the, the gatekeepers just he's so over the top with everything that's I love it. Yeah, Thank he's God. great. He's great. So, great. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to derail the conversation there, but um, but no, um, yeah, that's that's a thing. So I'll I'll talk more about it when when it comes. But yeah, so oh, chained echoes, <laughs> chained echoes. I, I, <laughs> hey, that's okay. Because <laughs> yeah, now the, I thought I kicked topic. what I was thinking about too. I'm like, hey, wait, wait, wait. No, go ahead. Right. <laughs> 
Well, uh, if we're on the topic of derailing things, let's talk to Charles. Yay! <laughs> Put it like this. If you ever thought the Thomas the Tank Engine was creepy when you were little, uh, oh, yeah, you're, this game's, this game's going to freak you out. I'm looking at the picture. It's like... <laughs> It's a spite. It's literally like a, a spider train hybrid, and then the, the the face on it, it like it's got like the same style of like where the face would be, but it almost looks like some kind of a demon clown face on a train with spider legs. So, <laughs> if that doesn't if that doesn't sell you on the game as it is, um, you get your own train too. Don't worry, you get to upgrade that. Uh, throughout and eventually you even get to fight Choo Choo Charles. So can you defeat him? You have to play and find out. But that's uh that's rolling into your home on Friday on PC. Um yeah it, it, that to me it just if you're a survival horror fan and you love just che- cheesiness uh, that game looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Alicia I think you probably have a little bit to say about Choo Choo Charles actually. I'm playing it Saturday night, actually, on stream for us. So, uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to this game. Gavin is, again, uh, a solo dev, and he is Two Point Star, I believe is the name of his. Two Star Games. Two Star Games, yes, there we go. Yeah. Um, and he he's kind of a phenomenon, honestly. So he started this a while back, and we actually will have an interview with him. Um, after the holidays, he's swamped right now with release, but he did say that after the holidays, he's free. So we will have an interview with him. Um, but he had some time in between doing everything with Choo Choo Charles to make another game. It was one of those weekend uh, smash fests that they do where you have a theme and you have to put together something um, in, in a short amount of time. It has to be a, a developed game. Um, and it's really cool to see some of the things that come out of this. They have one that's dedicated to just cats. They have several that are dedicated to whore. Um, they have some that are dedicated to like pixel art and things like that. It's really cool. If you ever get the chance to look into some of these, it's, it's really neat. A lot of times they're held on like itch.io. So, uh, a couple of months ago, he did another game that it's just, it, it's very short, but it's called, there's no snakes in this hotel. (laughs) And there are snakes in that hotel. Um, and, and if you don't like snakes, if, if they like totally creep you out, um, you really shouldn't be anywhere near this game. So, <laughs> because it has a massive snake and it's just, it, yeah, the whole game is insane. But everything that he put together for that little bit was so well formulated and detailed that it was just kind of mind-blowing and so we already knew because he had released a demo for Chuchu charles before this we already knew that we were getting something phenomenal and uh he gave me an advanced key so i have been i've only played just a tiny bit of Chuchu charles and i can't say a whole lot because it's under embargo but wow um this game makes me seriously nervous <laughs> which I, I love my survival horror. Um, I have the only other game that really I can compare this to is the Mortuary's Assistant, which I'm, they have a holiday update, so we're going to be getting into that later. But um, every time I go into that game, I, my skin crawls for like weeks after I play it. And just the little bit that I've played of this killer clown train spider hybrid thing that wants to eat you is just 
oh my god it's just ugh. so i be prepared i will be screaming i i'm guaranteeing it on saturday um i also told tj kitsune he is not allowed anywhere near my stream. I will literally block him if he comes into chat. So if you are not a horror fan, don't be around Saturday night. <laughs> if you are, please, please come and enjoy this with me. So um, yeah, it's it's awesome when you get to see these little indie you know developers, these one man teams do something just incredibly amazing like this. And so uh, from what I've seen so far, it's very smooth. And I am looking forward to getting uh, farther into it and being able to play for everybody. So, yay! <laughs> oh, I can't excited. wait to hear more. That, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah. Ugh. But also, yay! <laughs> so, <laughs> What else we got on tap? Also on tap, and this one is Square Enix, actually. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures is going to be out on Friday. So Square Enix's return to the franchise. We'll see siblings Eric and Mia venture the realm of Draconia to become legendary treasure hunters. So that'll be a nice, charming uh, JRPG for all you. Uh, that's going to be coming to Nintendo Switch. So it looks like it looks like a pretty good game if that if you're uh, for if you're into that genre. Um, some interesting traversal. You get to like bounce on slimes. You'll get to do some gliding around. Um, and then you have like little monster companions that'll help you out as well. So I love definitely... those little dragon quest games that they have. Like, is, is it the dragon quest adventure ones? They have one, two of those. Um, I think that's what they were called. Is that the ones where it was, it was kind of like, it was almost like Minecraft esque a bit. Oh, I'm trying I can't to remember. See. They're on, I, I can't, it's on my shelf. I can't see them from here, but those are just, they're, they're, they're I think I, I love how this series is kind of branching out and, and doing new things. So I'm interested in this release. I want to definitely check this one out. Yeah. I think you might be talking dragon quest builders. That's what, what I was I'm thinking of. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, but no, I just, I, I love how they're just continuing to try new things uh, with the series. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to, to, to checking this out more for sure. Definitely. Really, inter- really interesting stuff. And then also uh, one more thing coming this week. Not necessarily uh, new, but it's going to be on PC. Solar Ash is going to be out as well on Thursday, uh, making its PC debut. Uh, from the award-winning Hyperlight drifter from the creators of that uh it's gonna be uh you're gonna be in kind of a surreal dreamscape filled with a lot of abandoned ruins of uh past civilizations so uh you'll have a lot of different it says you'll be fighting through mobs of grotesque creatures grinding rails with sheer delight so Sounds like it's going to have a lot of uh, stylized action, a lot of uh, fun traversal. Um, overall, it just looks like a really interesting stylistic game. Looking at some of the artwork for it, it definitely has a unique color palette, kind of like an animated style to it. Um, so, yeah, Solar Ash, it's going to be uh, hitting PC on Thursday. Hmm. Okay a decent uh decent roundup of games we got this week yeah i especially think it's a really good roundup in terms of just looking at 
kind of the ambitious indie titles as well. I mean, not to take away from, you know, Square Enix and what what they're doing with Dragon Quest Treasures, but as far as especially having a couple, like, one-person one developers, you know, putting out some, like, really, you know, impressive stuff, I mean, that's what I'm kind of excited about looking at that. Yeah, this stuff I, I I love just the you know the 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 one person teams or the you know the just the the you know small small uh, dev teams that are putting out such great stuff. It's one of the reasons why I love going to PAX East. Uh, honestly, just to to go there and and see the PAX Rising uh, stuff. There's always just so much creativity. Uh, just they're they're trying new things uh, and and doing just some really cool stuff there. So. Uh, yeah, good points on that. Uh, I, there's definitely some some quality indie stuff that deserves to be played for sure. Well, and Solar Ashes is, is published by Annapurna. Um, uh, and, yes. Yeah, and so I was doing a little bit of research because I was curious to see since the VGAs are, are Thursday night. I did kind of a breakdown of <laughs> who like had the most nominations and things like that. And uh, Sony topped out at 20, um, which was impressive. I mean, you know, they have 20 total. Uh, But, like, the next one was Nintendo with 12 and Annapurna with 12. So that's kind of impressive when you – well, actually, it's really impressive. When you look at this, this is a, a smaller indie publishing studio, and they haven't been around very long. And they have put out solid quality work for the past several years. They have scooped up awards left and right. And three of their games, four of their games, sorry, four of their games are all nominated for various awards, including Game of the Year for Stray. So it's, it. I mean, seriously, if you want to get in on a really cool, very unique publisher you really should check out our anna perna and their stuff and solar ash is just an example of what kind of things that they pull in so um that's part of the reason when i saw that it was coming out i was like this is this is going to be really cool so yeah, yeah. i'm going to check that out i'm going to uh I'm, I'm actually going to check that up on on steam right now and add it to my wish list so yeah for sure um okay cool uh that's the that's the week's releases uh let's jump into some other news now i know that uh you know the callisto protocol is still still fresh and top of mind sam so yeah let's talk more about that well how are you feeling about this game and is it the game that you envisioned it would be all this time oh oh <laughs> that question hurts oh man uh-oh uh, wait what? I- Put it like this: If anybody has read my first impressions on the Callisto Protocol, I spent the entirety, like whole sections of it, criticizing other reviewers, like they're being too harsh on this. I mean, some of like what people have said, they say callisto protocol is not the spiritual successor to dead space i do not recommend and i'm like where are you getting this i mean this is absolutely fantastic well once you get past the first two hours of gameplay it yeah you get a little bit of a different opinion 
overall, I'll say this. Here's what I love. I love the visuals, um, the lighting, especially the lighting is absolutely phenomenal. There are areas where it'll like, like have like almost like a strobe light effect. Or I was just doing this one where, um, I'm kind of like underground, like in, uh, where the, you know, old colony on Callisto used to be. And it's been like buried underneath everything. So I'm like below the prison and all that. And you have to turn the power on in that area. And when you do, it like starts flashing like red and you can watch as like the, um, the actual power surge cord is it, it glows and then the whole room lights up red and like lights all the enemies up and then it goes black and then you can't see anything. And I love stuff like that. So detail visuals, fantastic. And I think that when you are up against a couple enemies, and this is why I'm saying the first couple hours of gameplay is so, so amazing. It's because I love the combat system. In all reality, a lot of people don't like it at all. It has a very high degree of melee. It is a, it is a little bit slow at first until you really kind of get used to it, but I think it works well that way. I think having that slower, crunchier, heavy combat is amazing. I mean, when you land a hit, I mean, you can see the damage. It doesn't feel like everything is that spongy right away, at least. Mm. I mean, when they start to evolve, yeah, they're a little bit spongy, but you can still make a pretty good dent, pretty good impact. I love that. I love sliding left or holding uh, left or right on the on the um, left stick in order to dodge. I think that's a pretty clever mechanic, but it becomes an issue when they start to throw a bunch of enemies at you. Mm. So you'll enter rooms and I know that they did this a lot in the dead space games, but I think it worked better with the more gun heavy combat. I was a little bit frustrated there, but I can understand it and I can see the appeal in creating that tension. But when really firearms are kind of, taking a backseat to melee in this really close quarters combat that heavily relies on timing your dodges when you have like five like monsters on you you can dodge one but you're not going to dodge all of them and it is so easy to get swarmed and swamped by these guys and you'll be repeating sections over and over again especially this one boss fight that right now i'm stuck on you there's kind of like this um i'd almost call it like a mini boss but it, it this one it kind of feels more like a like you know as difficult as what you'd want a boss to be and then some it's like this two-headed mutant monster and the first time you have to face him you're you're on kind of like more of an open area you're on this um i don't i don't know what to call it i guess you could call it like a train but it's not it's like a platform um, that's traveling and you have a lot of room to move. You can create space and you just have to like really learn to time his attacks and then land a few good shots. He'll get down, you hit him, he splits in half, you do it again. And that's all you have to face. And it was challenging and I definitely had to do it a couple times, but it, I know I was screwing up. It was a good fight. Second time you fight him, 
Now you're in a really closed off small area, so you don't have much room to dodge. But if that's not enough, they have to throw a whole bunch of fast enemies at you, at least two or three of them, that now you have to worry about these little guys while this guy's trying to attack you. And I was watching walkthroughs on YouTube, and I'm not the only one who's uh, been saying it. People have said that this boss fight makes Dark Souls look easy. So it's not just me. I don't just suck as I thought I did. <laughs> uh, but I'll say this. Stay tuned as I like get through the full review. By all means, I don't hate this game. Uh, I think that the Callisto Protocol is really ambitious and does a lot right. I just think that the combat gets really unbalanced in the later sections of the game. And Do you feel like this is something that um, that they could continue to build on from from here? I mean, is it is it meant to be uh, more than one game, or it, what, what I haven't made you... it to the end yet. Um, okay. When I just don't know is, I, is 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 their vision more than more than like beyond just this one game, or is this kind of what their scope was? on the outside i hope they do another one i hope they do and i hope they listen to feedback i really hope that they realize that you that they need to balance out the difficulty just a little bit because mind you i'm playing on beginner difficulty i'm not gonna i'm not gonna review i'm not I'm not going to set myself up to fail by putting a game on anything other than easy or beginner if I'm writing a review on it just because I want to be able to get through the game. Um, but I've been having issues there, and I can imagine if you're playing on medium or, or you know, God forbid you're playing on hard, I don't even know if you'd make it to where I'm at right now. Um, it's, it's a struggle. And I, I this leads me kind of to my discussion question that i wanted to pitch to you guys is what exactly do you think makes survival horror work alicia i'll let you take this one well so i know i keep coming back to it but it it has been my biggest frustration the chant was supposed to be it's survival horror it was supposed to be something that was unique because you had a balance of uh, keeping her sane, keeping her fit, and keeping her spirituality okay. So it wasn't like you were just fighting monsters or the the cultists and things like that that came from this this gloom, this thing that they released ac- accidentally, quote unquote, um, upon the island. It had interesting systems, or at least in theory, it had interesting systems. The problem was is that game was unplayable. Um, I struggled. And have still, I have gone back to it repeatedly to try to see if I can't work my way through it. I had it on easy. And like you, Sam, I have no idea what it would have been like. Because there's three other difficulty levels after that. What that game would have been like. It is a literal nightmare. I mean, I have nightmares about playing this game still. It's just, it was one of those things that made me sit there and go, I love survival horror. And there are games that I know I can't play because of my, you know, dexterity and things like that. I am well aware of my limitations when it comes to certain games. Signalis, I had played almost back to back from the chant. And it was a top down, you know, 2D style survival horror game. Very unique in its own way as well. And it was 
difficult, but not to the point where I sat there and went, I can't play this game no matter what I do. And so for me, survival horror has to be, it, it's not about surviving the playthrough. It's not about the, the player being able to, you know, just make it through. It's about the experience. And if a game like The Chant and like Callisto Protocol has parts that are so stinking difficult, and I know the big thing is to, to be the next Elden Rings, to be the next Dark Souls. We keep hearing that. It's dark light. It's, you know, dark like, sorry. That's the one thing I see tossed around constantly when it comes to uh, a lot of games is that it's Dark Souls-like. Dark Souls like Dark Souls is not accessible for a lot of people. For one, um, Elden Rings is not either, and so survival horror should not be the player surviving it. It should be the player experiencing it and still having a good time with it while having your pants scared completely off. I mean, you know, you want that fear factor. You want to be looking over your shoulder. You want to be jumping because you hear noises and you're not sure where they're coming from, or you see lights or something like that. You want that that kind of of panic, but you don't want to panic so much because you can't control your character. You can't battle. You can't fight. You can't run. You can't do anything. Surviving should be about being able to do those things. And so for me, uh, I'm curious to see, like, cause we have the dead space remake coming up and I know that they are, uh, redoing some of the battle sequences, redoing some of the controls and things like that so that it's a bit more fluid. Um, I'm hoping that that is the case. But that's that's what I want to see from my survival horror. I want it to be something that I get that those, oh my God, you know, terrifying feelings while I'm playing, but I'm not terrified because I'm I'm immobilized. Um, unless, of course, it's an enemy that, that's going to immobilize you, you know. But the game itself should not immobilize your character. It should tell a fluid story. It should scare the pants off of you. And it should be enjoyable, but a bit challenging. I mean, I do want a little bit of that. If you are in a real-life, you know, kind of scary situation, not that we're in any of these, but if we were in those, it's you've you got to want that. You want that I don't know how I'm going to survive this, but I'm going to do it kind of thing. And so I feel that there are a lot of games who are attempting some new things when it comes to survival horror. And I applaud them for thinking outside the box. That's how our genre grows. And I am happy to see that. I mean, metal Hellsinger, for a, to a certain degree is a survival horror. You have to survive these horrific things, but it was, unique in the fact that you're doing this to music it's all rhythm based it's you know combat was rhythm based it was it's really awesome that you get to experience that so i don't mind something that takes it outside that box but i got to be able to play it and i still need to feel that kind of you know that kind of panic that kind of i i'm i'm not entirely sure what i'm doing i'm not entirely sure i'm going to survive but i'm having the time of my life while doing it so that's really what I personally think of um, that I hope that more games embrace. Don't make it so difficult that we're paralyzed. You know, don't make a boss battle so hard that you're playing for hours just trying to get through this one section. Because then it's not fun anymore. Games should be about fun, even if we're getting scared to death while doing it. That's always what it should be. It should be about the experience. It's not the trophy. It's not the 
you know, the competition, like some people make it about, it should be about the experience and about enjoying yourself while doing that. And so that's, to me, where survival horror shines in some ways, and honestly falls apart in others. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm sad to hear that that's kind of the problem with Callisto Protocol. I was hoping for, I mean, I didn't really feel that it should be a spiritual successor to Dead Space. They've repeatedly come out and said that it's not going to. And so I didn't have that expectation of it. Um, right. I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the same way. And honestly, I don't know if I could have said that um, much. I, I don't think I could have said that better myself. I guess... <clears throat> To kind of piggyback off of your point, I think that survival horror games should make me scream because I'm scared, not because I'm angry. Like, that's the key. I mean, I've had some experiences, and I'll say, for me, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard probably at this point is my favorite game in the genre because I have had so many it followed closely by outlast. Just those two games have made me nearly crap myself on numerous occasions, (laughs) but never at any point did I ever feel like I don't think I can finish this game. Oh my gosh. How am I going to get this done in time to write a review or anything crazy like that? I was able to, you know, I'd have sections I had to repeat, but it wasn't anything too crazy. So I want to take something back that I said, blasphemous. Um, and when I played the first two hours of Callisto Protocol, I was so impressed. I My initial reaction was, wow, I actually even like this better than all the Dead Space games. Blasphemous. I take that <laughs> back. Um, it is official. No, it is not better than any of the dead space games. Um, and I truly do feel like the dead space remake is probably going to end up topping it all. Uh, from what I've seen from that, I think that's going to end up being probably the best sci-fi horror game. And I hope that that ends up being the case. Oh, so we got a We got a, a, a another contender that we can look forward to then, right? We can, we could put our hopes in this one. Well, hopefully Might be I'm the one chosen playing it. One. So we'll see. <laughs> a new apprentice (laughs) well you know what though who knows sam maybe it maybe it finishes out like really strong uh you know towards the end game there i'm happy with the story and the cinematics and 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 all of that so i i i hope that it can it it can uh make up for it there i do think once again it is one of the best looking games at least from time to time when it doesn't glitch out, but at the same time, it's a brand new release. And at this day and age, you kind of expect some glitches. I mean, there's been a couple frame rate drops and then there's this one weird bug. And I managed to get a screenshot of this every so often. It'll, especially when there's large swarms of enemies seems to be the central thread for what causes most of the issues, but it does tend to slow the game down to a crawl. You see a couple frame skips And then it like muddies all the textures and it almost looks like a PlayStation two game for a while until you get to a different area where there's a lot less congestion and the game has more time to load properly. Ooh. Do you think it just didn't render correctly or I mean, because it was so hyper realistic. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so hyper realistic. And I think that what happens is 
when the it, when there's so many enemies in a room that the game is trying to properly load and render it it slows it down somehow to a point where it doesn't render it all the way and that to me is more of like a, a glitch than than anything and that probably will get fixed in a patch update so i'm not too worried about it and it's not game breaking by any means it hasn't it hasn't caused enough issue for me to really want to whine or complain about that it only happened to me like i'd say twice throughout my playthrough so it's not too big of a deal but i do think it comes down to the game struggling to render and load that many enemies on screen at a time which also is what causes the issues with the combat too it's unfortunate because it was extremely ambitious i mean that was kind of what we were looking at you know with the hyper realism and everything it's unfortunate that it has the problems that it's having i wonder if maybe they'll patch it i think they'll patch that i think i think they will and that's why i'm not too too worried about it and it's, it's like i said it's really not a game breaking thing because when the game uh when the game is running peak performance when you when there's not too much for it to try to load in at one time it looks it looks phenomenal and just the level of detail all the way down to when you attack an enemy it's blood splatters all over your character like jacob gets covered in the enemy's blood when you bash it and it's it it is gnarly as it is gnarly as hell but at the same time it's so detailed and just graphically realistic. I absolutely love that. So occasionally, like I said, it has that glitch, but I'm not, it's not game breaking and it's not like something that you're going to be fighting throughout the whole game. It's just so far, it's been in like two sections of my playthrough. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know what? Keep us updated with that. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, it gets a little bit better for you. We'll see. Um, the next bit of news, I think, Alicia, you had on the uh, the outline here. So you want to take that up? Yeah. So this actually uh, came across my TikTok, believe it or not, um, my For You page. And I was introduced to a couple of people, which is really cool. Um, I've gotten to know them. They are... Uh, kind of taking the helm when it comes to getting news out about women in gaming, because we tend to get uh, left to the side. Unfortunately, um, we're still a minority in the industry. And so things don't really come out much. And so the one bit that, that uh, she had talked about on her TikTok was women in games, which is a, a nonprofit organization. It's based out of the UK and they have uh, international groups all over the world. And it's dedicated to creating a fair environment for women in the gaming industry. And they do this by holding events. They do this by doing social experiments. They um, have conferences. They have a presence at different conventions when they are able to. Um, so they really try to you know, help everyone understand how we can make places a bit more safer for women because... Well, as I'm going to explain, it's still not a safe place for us. So the women in games, uh, Argentina, 
group this past week, they performed an experiment. And uh, especially when it comes to online gaming and esports, um, which talking about the VGAs, I went through all the voting stuff uh, earlier this week, went back through it, and I was looking. And when you get down to the esports, there's not a single woman that is nominated for anything at all. Um, whether it be a competitive player or on a competitive team or a coach, there is not a single female anywhere to be seen. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are not recognized as competitors, for one. We are not encouraged to compete for another. And when we do attempt to compete, we are ostracized. And so in order to kind of bring that to, to light, uh, Women in Games Argentina performed this experiment. They took three Valorant, sorry, yeah, professional male players. These guys have been doing it for a while. They uh, compete on a on an international level. They're pretty well known within the the Valorant um, sectors and everything like that. And they asked them if they would, you know, do something if they would change their voice using a voice changer through halfway through a match to sound more feminine. They wanted to see how the other players would treat them. And so they agreed to do this. And prior to the match where they changed their voice, there was one player who had racked up 15 kills and two deaths in a game. That's pretty pretty high um, when it comes to that kind of arena and things like that. So once they changed their voices to a, a higher feminine. And there is a clip of this. And if you want to look it up, um, <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> the, uh, the slurs started and it ranged everything from go make me a sandwich to words that we cannot use. Um, there were sexual harassment. There was um sexist slurs that were used and honestly i've seen the i've seen the clip and it's i would put it medium it's not necessarily mild when it comes to the treatment but it's not as bad as i have both experienced and seen before and they they went through this match while their teammates were using extremely derogatory, extremely uh, just terrible, terrible language, um, saying really, really awful things during all of this. And the one player who had racked up the 15 kills in the two deaths prior to that, he racked up 16 kills in this match by himself because he was completely abandoned by his male teammates. They would not help him. He asked for assist repeatedly. He said, hey, I've got this. And their response was, go kill that. You want to insert words in there. Hmm. They attempted to take him out. They felt that he should not be a part of the team while this was all happening. Now, mind you, this is his teammates that want to get rid of him off of there. They said that, you know, as a woman... You don't know how to play this game. It's a it's a man's game. You don't have any of the resources or the reflexes or anything like that. And it was just it, it highlights how difficult it still is for women to play with a voice chat in multiplayer games. Um, I know that way back when you had me on, Chris, for the first time, we talked about that 
about how difficult it is um, that I quit playing online games because I mic'd up and got told to go make a sandwich and then service my teammates while making one, um, which I'm not sure how you'd even do. But just the fact that that was their immediate response after playing with me for three months without a mic was disheartening. I mean, I, I stopped playing online. Actually, I stopped playing that game online completely. And I have not gone back to voice chats when it comes to online games at all since then. And yeah. so, unfortunately, uh, I think a lot of people online, these these people, try to find the things that they can say that would hurt people the most, and and it's 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 sad that that there's people out there who are like that. But you know, it's unfortunate. It's, the problem is, is that it's not uncommon. Um, oh, absolutely it's, not. It's not it's, it's rare it's for this all, to happen. It's all out there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, does, this is not surprising to me at all. No, no. And that's, and that is, I, I actually sent the video to a few of my friends and I was curious to see their reactions. And it was interesting. They, they were all guys. It was interesting to get the reactions back from them because some of them were like, well, that's just somebody's opinion. That's just one side of the story. And it was like, that's not my experience. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, it's not your experience. You're a guy. Of course, it's not your experience. You don't have to deal with this kind of stuff. And so it, one of the, the the participants, Alfredo, he said that it, it takes away your desire to play. It's something you don't want to do anymore. And I have heard that repeatedly. I mean, not only for myself, but others, that, that it is. It takes the joy out of playing. Why, why bother if every single time you wake up, you get told that you are inferior because you are female. Can't play that game because you're, you're a female. And another one said that he felt indignation and frustration. And so it just, it was interesting because I mean, I quit call of duty black ops in 2015. So it's been seven years since I played and you would think that by 2022 things might have started to get better. And it's unfortunate to show that yet once again, things have not gotten better, that we are still dealing with this on a daily basis. I'm not even sure how some women continue to play um, other than the fact that they don't mic up um, for the most part, you know, and that's, that's, probably, that's probably it right there. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah. And it's unfortunate because they shouldn't be stifled. They shouldn't have to hide their identity just because they're good at a game and, and a bunch of guys are going to get mad at them for it. Um, I mean, shouldn't we appreciate all players for their skills, no matter what they are, you know? So it, it was kind of interesting because of that. We're starting to see more things happen for women to provide safe spaces so that they can play competitively. Um, and that's, that brought me to that brought, uh, complexity gaming to my attention so this past week they partnered with clara at work she's a uh, a youtuber or not a youtuber sorry she's a i think she's on twitch she's a content creator who plays apex legends and they teamed up with her to host a women's apex legend tournament and it happened on the third of december now, it was broadcast on complex complexities gaming's twitching twitch channel sorry boy that was terrible <laughs> and the prize pool itself was uh, $30,000. What was interesting to note about that is that Complexity does tournaments for Apex and other uh, online games throughout the year. And their regular tournament 
prize pool was $150,000. Now, 99% of those participants are going to be male, not female. So it was kind of interesting to see that they offered, I mean, it's great that they were pushing forward this tournament and allowing women to, not allowing, but acknowledging that women need a space to be able to play and to do this safely while they want to play competitively. But the fact that their prize pool was so much significantly smaller than their regular tournaments and the fact that the coverage of the event, I could not find anything today about who won or who take who took any of the places, how many participants there were or anything else about this tournament, even though it happened on December 3rd. So it's just kind of interesting to see where we're at still. Um, while we may be moving forward, we still have a, a lot of ground to cover. And and I know I've kind of harped on Activision Blizzard and, and Ubisoft and some of the others who have been instrumental in sexual harassment and sexual assault within the gaming communities and this being something that's allowed and so it was just kind of, you know, are we are we still is is that part of the reason that we're not moving forward is because of the fact that we are still allowing these companies to have major says in uh, in our gaming industry? I mean, Activision is is still something that you know people it it has a, a tiny presence. I think it's only nominated for one thing. Uh, both Activision and Blizzard have two nominations at the VGAs, which is significantly smaller, but they didn't put out a whole lot of stuff this year either. But still, we're still allowing them to be celebrated for what they're doing. And I just, I have to kind of wonder, is that part of the reason that we are still experiencing this kind of, of problem? Because they're allowed to encourage this behavior. The 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 uh, court cases about the sexual harassment and assault and the suicide and and all of the stuff that Activision's done, they're still sitting there. Uh, nothing has moved forward since July of last year, and yet they've been allowed to continue to have voices in the industry, powerful voices, especially now that Activision um, is could possibly become part of Microsoft and Microsoft is a huge part of our industry. So you got to wonder, you know, are they going to change the narrative? Are they going to make these spaces more available for women? Is, are we going to see a shift because of that? Or are we going to be stuck playing in our own tournaments against ourselves? Is that, is that where we go? You know, is that the future of women in gaming is that we have to play our own tournaments? We can't play. I, you know, I think I think most people would ag- agree that if if there's a, a a woman or anyone else that's good enough to be in there to play, and then they should be able to play, um, you know, regardless of their you know gender or, or you know anything else. And so, um, yeah, if if there's any sort of barriers for that um, to not allow women to to play in those tournaments, that should definitely be reconsidered. I think, you know, for sure. So, um, yeah, but, uh, that's, it's wild. So anything else that you wanted to talk on, on that subject, Alicia, before we move on? Um, I was just curious for you and Sam, if, if you guys had a chance to participate in an experiment like that, would you? Oh yeah. I, I would definitely give it a shot. 
I would, my personality, I'd probably be sassy. I'd, I'd be going back at them though. Um, probably trashing. Um, but that's me. But the truth is though, for people to do that, especially, especially your, your, your own teammate, like that's something that really shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue. And unfortunately you're right. It is. I think that there is a lot of toxic, um, a lot of toxic players out there in different online games. Um, and I think it's, I think it's easy to be toxic and, and be like that and be just an overall horrible person whenever you're hiding behind a screen of any mm-hmm. kind. I think you see a lot more of that on the internet. I think it would be interesting to see some of these guys actually uh, have to talk to these women in person. They would probably um, <laughs> quiver. Um, they would clam up. They're, they would probably be extremely, uh, extremely sweaty and they may even faint. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of the big thing I get from this um, is I, 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 I've experienced in, in my time in gaming uh, the times when uh, there would be um, any kind of, you know, girl or uh, woman or, you know, there would be two types of players, um, male players that I would encounter. I would just go about my business, but there would be two types. There would be the kind, uh, who would be toxic, like you're saying, or then there'd be the kind that's like overly helpful and interested Mm -hmm. and just, Mm -hmm. it just, it just kind of, kind of on the creepy side. So I'd see some of that going on too, where they're not being mean, but they're just being so nice that I feel bad for her because wow, that's gotta be obnoxious. I mean, it's great to have a helpful teammate, but give her a little bit of space there. Okay. It might just be a video game. Yeah. What's the alternative? Uh, the, the, the motivation behind it because we encounter that a lot. I encounter that as a female streamer, you know, guys will be super nice to me and it's because they want me to show them something offline. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm here to play games. That's literally why I'm here. I'm excited to show you a game. I'm not going to show you any part of my body, you know? And so, yeah, there is that. Okay. Are you being super nice to me because you want something? Or are you going to be super toxic to me because you feel intimidated by what I can do? And, or, I mean, or you're just mean. I mean, some people are just mean. It might not even be intimidation. Imagine if a woman could rack up 16 kills in a match. Wouldn't you want her on your team? Oh, easily. Anybody. <laughs> any Anybody's rounding up 16 kills because I... Sh- I sure know that's not me. I'm the one who's rounding up 16 <laughs> deaths. You know, I, I'll take it. I don't care. I'm not. But there's a lot of there's a lot of people, and 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 I I I, I know that the, you know there's a big sexism issue as part of it. But I think another big issue to it is just I and the, I don't know if we have enough time in the podcast to even get into into all this, but in the I know, in, in the short subject. i think i think in our technologically savvy day and age where almost everything on 
is on the internet. And I even noticed this. I've noticed this even, even um, throughout my daily life uh, at different schools. And I noticed how much things have changed. And mind you, I'm only 23 years old. And so much has changed even in schools. And, and there seems to be just a lot less interaction that goes on. Um, and I just don't think people – I think we have an issue nowadays where people don't really treat each other as well because they're not interacting face-to-face as much. And you're not really getting the the social learning that you would growing up. I think that's a big thing as well. And I think people, I think there's a lot of guys out there that just don't have that kind of respect, you know, for women because they don't even probably interact with women on a daily basis in person because everything a lot of times nowadays is online and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of merit and great things about the internet and doing things online. But I also think there's a lot of, a lot of detriment. And I think people are losing valuable communication skills as a result. And I think you should try to practice some kind of a balance between, you know, there are things that you do online, but you make time to make time to talk to people in person because there's a lot of social and communication skills that you pick up and proper etiquette. And and if you just don't have that proper etiquette, then it just, it makes you, makes you a uh, horrible communicator and makes you pretty toxic online. And, and in gaming, I think I noticed that's who tended to be the most toxic were the people that didn't really have any, in-person connections or in-person mm-hmm. livelihood and that's that's a big shame in itself yeah i think i i think the i i because I, I i don't see us getting any better like the kid, people aren't going to stop using their phones more you know what i mean and 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 become more social that way uh and so i i don't know how we can we can change you know our society from that standpoint to, to improve that. Cause I agree with you, Sam, but I think one thing we could do that could maybe curb some of this behavior though, is remove some of that anonymity, uh, from your, your profiles, the online, especially on like Xbox and things like that, tie it into something like a Facebook account or something that's more public. Um, and, and maybe those people who are throwing, you know, all these racial and slurs and, and whatever else, um, you know, when it's their actual name up there and and it's all tied to that, maybe, you know, they'll think twice about, about that when it's a lot easier, you know, um, to, to put that out there in the public space, um, and call them out on it. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. I know some other people would, would hate that, but you know, um, I'm, I'm all about stopping that type of behavior and, you know, so who knows? So that's my two cents on that. But, um, you know, I had some other news on there, but let's, uh, you know, I, we're running long now. So, uh, let's just jump into, uh, into what we've, uh, what we've been watching and playing. And, uh, I think the elephant in the room here is Willow and Alicia. I want to ask, have you had a chance to watch the first two episodes yet? 
I have not because my son has been bouncing off the walls until about midnight. So I was going to watch it the other night. I pulled it up on my laptop and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And within like the first couple of minutes, I was asleep. So not, <laughs> not Willow's fault. I was just literally exhausted. I have stayed spoiler free. Um, so I am still really, really, really looking forward to it. And it's like, okay, maybe I can grab it tomorrow when he's gone at school. <laughs> so, Yeah, definitely uh, try to watch it this week because uh, I would like to get your thoughts on it. Uh, we don't have Alex here, but Sam, are you by any chance a Willow fan? I'm looking it up right now to see what it is. So, so no, no, you're no, you're not. Just tell us the truth, Sam. There you, you go. No, you you're not. Willow. If you have to look it up. <laughs> No, um, I'm on IMDb right now. I, I won't say any oh spoilers. Uh, I won't go into any spoilers. Um, it is, it's not getting the greatest reviews out there. I, I thought that it was getting reviewed better. Um, but now that it's out there, a lot of people uh, have, have criticized some of the acting and stuff. And I can see it and understand uh, why. There are some, some of the characters, some of the main characters are kind of annoying. And. You know, I really just after watching the first two episodes, I just I want I just want to see the like Willow and his family and the rest of the Nelwins just like living their life. That's what I would <laughs> rather see. And a just slice of life. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they're just so much more interesting when they're on screen. They're characters. And then you have the you know, the humans or what is the the Daikinis. Uh, and I don't know. They're just kind of bland. I don't, I don't know. None of the, the characters aren't really catching on with me yet. Uh, but I will say this, this, I had the same criticisms of, uh, uh, um, the, the game of Thrones sequel with the dragon, the, was it uh, house of dragons, house of dragons. Thank you. I had the same criticism of that. And that they, they gave, you know, they, 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 totally switched it up on me i loved it so um after i i'm still open to it i will say i love warwick davis he is he is so awesome he's still so good i love seeing him um kind of pick up the character again some of his outfits are awesome i you have to check that out um it, it's going around some so I, I like the costume design in it um i will just um i will say like it's interesting some of the uh, story choices and how they decided to to move things around in it. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily go that path with it if I was, uh, you know, had my hands in the story decisions there. Uh, so that's all I'll say because I don't, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's all we'll say for that. But try to watch it, uh, and, and we'll talk more because I think. By Friday, uh, you'll have another episode to watch. So you got quite a few to catch up on there. So um, outside of that, uh, I haven't really had a chance to play anything. I do know, though, my next review that I'm going to be playing, and I haven't even started it yet, but um, I will be um, taking on Vengeful Guardian uh, Moonrider is going to be the next game I'll be playing. So I definitely want to, to use this one as my first steps into to to getting into to doing the streaming uh for the the team there i think i'll probably just do it on my personal channel 
uh, and make sure I, I, I can work through all the, all the kinks there and everything, uh, where I know I will have no audience. Um, but I can do all that there, but, uh, no, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider is a cool game. Um, I actually previewed it in this upcoming issue of the magazine. It looks awesome. It's basically like a 16 bit style, like Shinobi three. If you know, it's, it's, it's a lot like that. Um, you're this badass like cyborg ninja that's come back to save humanity from this dystopian empire that's hell-bent on ravaging the earth and causing war the uh there's a demo out right now so you can jump on that it's on steam it's free it's like the first two levels it's a it's a really kind of thin short demo but it's a kind of just a quick slice of the game it is fun the it, it's just a it's by um joy masher so uh, if you're familiar with them, they're a, a Brazilian developer. I think they're a pretty small team, but they've done a lot of awesome retro style games in the past that that we've played throughout the years. So I'm definitely excited to jump more into this. It came at a perfect time for me. So um, that's all I can say. I, I can't say anything else <laughs> about it, and I won't. Um, but uh, you're going to yeah, tease us um, for months on that, aren't you? Because it's embargoed so. until the 11th yeah. of January. <laughs> Yeah, the embargo, I guess we could say that the embargo is like in January for this. So which is amazing. We were talking about this today, Alicia. We're like, holy smokes, like this is mm-hmm. amazing when we finally get an embargo that this far out. Usually it's like, oh, this game is out uh, at noon today. There's no embargo. Here you go. Um, and it seems like or, or else the games are supposed to come out like weeks away and they stealth re- release it on us, which seems to be happening more and more these days. Uh. River City Girls too. Thank you very, very much. Way forward. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've uh, that's all I've been watching and playing. Alicia, I'll turn it over to you now. Um. So I actually got the chance to. I was scrolling through YouTube a couple days ago, and uh, Crunchyroll had up uh, some clips. And it's called Raven of the Inner Palace. It's an anime, and um, I I. I'm Raven. So I love like anything that's, you know, Raven related always just automatic automatically kind of catches my attention. And this anime is done in uh, a very unique style. They actually use like uh, Kabuki style cutouts, wooden style cutouts for uh, in order to tell parts of their history throughout the episodes because it's set in ancient China and it's, it is very well adapted historically. Um, and so it's, it's really cool because you have this almost, if you've ever seen uh, bits of um, Sailor Moon Crystal, it was the newer one that came out. It has a really gorgeous art style. Very uh, the, the palette's very colorful. The characters are drawn in a way that they, they, they just stand out. They're, they're very pretty. Um, but they managed to hold you know, the, the nationality, cause that's their Japanese. And so for Chinese, they have a certain style. When you look back at like the, the ancient dynasties, um, they had certain styles, the way they wore their hair. A lot of it was very ornate and they capitalize on all of that throughout. There's only, there's seven episodes out in English. There's nine episodes out in Japanese or yeah, in Japanese right now. So, uh, so it's really cool to watch this. It's a, it's an interesting tale. <laughs> I don't really want to give any spoilers away because 
each, uh, it, it kind of has an overarching mystery that has happened to the main characters. There is uh, the Raven Consort. She is kind of a enigma that has been around. <laughs> they think that she's kind of immortal sort of thing because she's lived in this isolation in the inner palace area. And she has no, uh, supposedly, no contact with the emperor during her stay. But she is kind of a, a supernatural advisor. Um, she's supposed to be able to talk to ghosts and be able to send them on their paths. And so you have that supernatural um, element to it. And she, this particular Raven consort was actually selected by the one previous to that. But there is this whole mystery as to why she is even a, a thing. Why, why not only does she live in isolation, but why as a consort does she have no contact with the, the emperor? Because in uh, Chinese dynasties, the consorts were basically concubines. They were, they had, you know, contact, <laughs> nightly duties as they call it with the emperor um a lot of that's how he ended up having extensive families and things like that and so she she's very different from everyone else and it's just it's a really cool anime i was very curious as to the little clips really got me invested in you know these characters which tells me that that, that it's great storytelling the art style is is very different because they they do go be between the the kabuki cutouts to the, the the beautiful anime style, to a watercolor painting style as well to tell flashbacks of certain characters, um, and so yeah, it's just it's it's really cool, and um, they're only a half an hour long, so they're really easy for me to catch. And I did finish; uh, I binge watched all seven of the episodes that are out right now, and um, I'm yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by this one so i love it when something decides to think outside the usual box um for that kind of thing and a lot of uh we tend to think the animation the anime is only uh japanese and that's not true um they do go way outside sometimes we have korean animation anime as well um and so it's it's really cool to see something um so different so yeah, that's what I've been watching. And then uh, I am doing the <laughs> I'm doing a Crisis Core original playthrough right now because Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII the reunion comes out next week. So I am playing through that. I've only just started. I've only got about about the uh, man. I cannot talk tonight. I've only got about an hour in uh, to it. So because of how this week has been, but um, loving getting back into that and really looking forward to next week. Uh, next week's really nuts when it comes to <laughs> game releases. So, oh yeah, prep for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so yeah, it's, it's nice to next week as well. High on life, black veil. Or not black belt, black tail. Sorry, black tail. Black tail. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're gonna have to double check that for me. Make sure I don't make that mistake again. Um, <laughs> so Crisis Core uh, and uh, River City Girls too. So we've got four major releases all in one week. That's just insane. And then we have like nothing for the rest of the month. 
So yeah, it starts to yeah. starts to quiet down a little bit. February is going to be uh, packed, though. February is huge. Yeah, yeah. So so I might be able to catch up on some things that I haven't been able to catch up on because of the emptiness of <laughs> the cool. game drops. So. Okay, uh, Sam, what have you been watching and playing? Well, we know what I've been playing, and I don't know if I need to go on another hour-long <laughs> rant about the Callisto Protocol again. I, we'll save it for the next time, I guess. It, it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> I love it and hate it at the same time. Uh, but watching, um, so I didn't tell you guys, I did end up finishing Supernatural. I'm not going to spoil that, though. The only thing I'll say is it is very rare. Um, that I actually enjoy the ending of a show. I think a lot of times, a lot of times, the show ending kind of it's it. It's like they don't stick the landing. Supernatural sticks the landing and more, and especially for a show that, for the most part, I did find it to be pretty predictable, and I could kind of guess, oh, this is probably how it's going to turn out. The last episode did not at all go how I thought it would go. And all for the best reasons. And that is all I'll say on that. I have now <laughs> decided to go back and uh, it, I, I'm kind of partially rewatching and partially watching for the first time once I get to some of the later seasons. Better Call Saul. Um, I tried watching it at first while it was going on um, uh, weekly on AMC. And that was fine until season would end and then you don't just have to wait one year for the next season uh they you basically have to wait two years sometimes even two and a half years and by that point i forget what happened in the last season so eventually i kind of gave up and just said i'm gonna wait till the whole show's over then i'm gonna go start over from the beginning and rewatch it and i gotta say though um if uh you're a Breaking Bad fan, um, and you haven't seen Better Call Saul. Definitely, it's uh, worth it's worth binging. And I watch it too as a filmmaker um, for the not just the story, but also the filmmaking and cinematography. And oh, the who, the. The cinematographer for that show and for Breaking Bad, for that matter, uh, phenomenal. My favorite shots are when you're seeing something from the perspective of an object or an item even. There's been shots in the show that you're seeing it from the perspective of the fish tank or uh, <laughs> Jimmy has to put um, – or anyone really for that matter that has to that's visiting you know Saul or his real name Jimmy McGill visiting his brother Chuck. He's got like this whole psychological thing about – electric devices and they stick all the phones and and uh, anything that you have like a watch anything that might have a battery into a mailbox and you're the camera's like inside the mailbox and you're seeing all the items get put in it that way so um obviously you know a lot everyone can talk about how great the story is in uh better call saul um however i i don't think it's been said enough um, how beautiful the cinematography and the and the actual composition of the um, each shot and the camera work in that show has been um, by far. I'm noticing it way more than I did back when I watched this the first time. 
um, cause now I'm looking at it through a filmmaker's lens. So that's been a really, really cool thing. That sounds cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, you know what though? I, I, I am in that audience or, or in that group wh- who loved breaking bad. Absolutely adored it. I watched a little bit of better call Saul. I just, I, I think maybe I needed to take more of a break from it. Uh, right, I can see that before jumping in, but I would like to to give it a shot again one of these days. Um, I, I, I I've heard nothing but great things from people who've watched through the series. It's it's much better when you binge it. Um, I couldn't get into it when I had to like wait a week for the next episode, and then when the season ends, you know, most shows you wait maybe a year, but for some reason, a lot of the time. Um, this show would get stuck in development hell and then you're waiting a couple years for another season. So it's, it's a much better watch when you can, uh, you know, watch it in chunks of like two or three episodes, especially they'll end an episode on a cliffhanger and you're like super, super psyched. You gotta see, okay, what's going to happen next. It kills the momentum, though, I feel, when you have to wait that long. And then the cliffhanger kind of loses its luster. And then you got to, like, watch a recap. Okay, wait, what happened? Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. For me, it's just – it's one of those shows that it, it, it's, it, it was tough to get through on cable. Now, watching it after the fact on Netflix, I've been – um, thoroughly enjoying it way more because I can just jump right in. Nice. Okay. Yeah. If I, you know what? Hey, uh, we have the Christmas break coming up and I'm going to have some time. I'm going to have to take some time off after this magazine's over <laughs> and just veg. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, no, uh, awesome. Yeah. We'll have to talk more on that. Um, but speaking of which, we might as well just jump into our making mega vision section. Um, the uh, the magazine it it is coming along. Uh, I this past weekend uh, I finished up a lot of the uh, I don't know what we it's just kind of like the little extras the extra bits and pages like our uh, editors column our contents page uh, I revamped all of that so that's a whole new design and everything I think it looks really good uh, and and sketch is actually helping me uh, with the cover story layout and. That's coming along really well. Uh, I shared a uh, uh, kind of like a work in progress screen in uh, our Discord chat there, um, and it's looking awesome. I, th- I think folks will be really cool. We got we're gonna have a lot of big, nice screens in that layout. Uh, again, it's on uh, Shredder's Revenge, uh, so I'm I'm excited for folks to see that. Uh, but yeah, so that's coming along. Uh, we're hoping to put this thing to bed here very soon. Um, I don't want to put a date on it at this point, but uh, once that layout is done, that's basically it for for this issue. So um, very, very close to finishing issue three. And we had actually our first meeting this past weekend, and we're now starting uh, our our talk on issue four. So we are already game planning for that um, and going to basically, like I said, I'm going to take a little bit of time uh after the christmas break and and after we send out all the uh the patreon orders and all that stuff i i hope to get a little bit of time just to rest before we jump into issue four but not too much longer before that's going to happen so i'm excited 
for all of that. Um, Alicia, what do we have on the reviews front? Um, not a whole lot this week, actually. This week is kind of dead. Um, just because there wasn't a whole lot that came out. Um, mm. We are supposed to get Grave Gorks. Uh, we'll finally have that one up, I believe. And uh, we have a few minis coming out. We have Bot Gaiden. It's actually already ready to go, but the embargo doesn't lift until uh, Friday. So that will be coming out Friday. Um, I will have Chuchu Char- or Charles, Chuchu Charles out uh, if I can, you know, not scream. So <laughs> we'll tell you how scary it really is. <laughs> and then uh, Alex should have Trifox out. So, um, so yeah, next week, next week is insane. Uh, we will have a lot coming out, not only review, not only full review wise, but also we'll have some minis out too. So I'm um, looking forward to getting all of that out for everybody. And um, don't we talk about the stream team too? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So uh, stream team, we are done with our showcase. We finished that up last week. Um, had a really nice time getting all that it doesn't mean we're done with indies obviously we still love to do our indies but uh it's not quite as focused on that uh so tonight this is tuesday the hattie gamer is playing ys one and two tonight oh ease um, one and two is that what it is is that how it's said because yeah, yeah i was like i have no idea what that is but it oh, looks everyone's cool. <laughs> called it ys everyone has really? yeah it's one of those okay. ones that it's one of those games that no one really knew the right pronunciation of back in the oh, day. So you have it, okay. all that. But yeah, f- thankfully, uh, thanks to uh, Happy Console Gamer Johnny Millennium, who's helped us <laughs> learn more about the Ease uh, franchise over the years. Yeah, Ease is the proper thing Ease. for that. Okay, weird, cool. right? You never I learned think something new. <laughs> That's a great series, though. I'm glad uh, we're we're paying uh, some attention. To that it deserves it. Well, and if I know Alex, he will probably be playing it for a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. um, he likes to do that back-to-back stuff if he can. So, and then tomorrow night, we're going to have a chill night because we've got a couple of kind of scary ones coming up. So um, I'm going to be playing Honey, I Joined a Cult again with everyone. And so uh, the Cult of the Worm is going to progress tomorrow night and we'll see how far we can get how many followers we can get and whether or not we can uh accidentally entice the police to come and arrest us all so (laughs) i'm looking forward to getting back into that and then uh, drail 88 will have the unliving on friday and this is really a kind of a cool little game um it came out Last week, I believe it was, uh, kind of stuck in under the radar, but um, it has a really cool art style to it, sort sort of a retro chibi-fied kind of look. So I'm interested to see how that one goes down. Um, and then on Saturday, like I said, I will have Choo Choo Charles, and we will hope that the Mega Vision stream is not haunted for the rest of our days. So, um, <laughs> definitely, I am. I'm very nervous about playing this game. Um, I'm 
super excited to do it, but at the same time, uh, there's just some games that kind of have that that the extra sort. Uh, sense of terror to it and if you have seen any of the promo work for it this definitely uh ranks up there as being absolutely terrifying so um really looking forward to bringing that to uh our audience so and then yes if we can entice you to come on to our to our stream we promise we'll be nice you know (laughs) (laughs) once uh Vengeful Guardian drops. You could always, you know, grab something and, and kind of practice with us. We, we don't mind that. We've got plenty of open spots. So okay, all right, yeah, no, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I I'm I've been waiting until school is over because that's the one thing that consumes my evenings a lot these days. Um, I'll be I'm finishing up my last semester this next next week. Uh. And then I'll have one more class after that. And then I think I can uh, probably jump into have a regular stream night that I can uh, dedicate there. So that's my goal. Uh, probably in the first, uh, maybe the first quarter or second quarter of next year, I'll, I think I'll probably be able to commit some, nice. some serious time to it. So, but I definitely want to, to get my toes <laughs> and then learn, learn through it as much as I can. So, um, but awesome. Uh, outside of that, uh, be sure to go to the website, www.megavisions.net. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. I realize though, that, uh, the newsletter, uh, it usually will pop up. Uh, you'll get one of those like annoying pop-up things. <laughs> That's the only thing that we'll, we'll have, uh, pop up on, on our website though. Uh, but you can subscribe that way, but if it doesn't pop up, uh, usually there is a little box or a widget in our sidebar there. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm hoping I'll have it fixed by the time you're listening to this. Uh, it was brought to my attention. Marson told me that it's not there right now. So I have to add that back on the website so people can sign up. But once you do sign up for a newsletter, it's a great way just to kind of keep up with uh, all the things that we have going around Megavisions. Uh, we send it out maybe once or twice a month, uh, depending on what's going on. But it's a, just a great way, like I said, uh, you can follow updates on the magazine. We're always sharing new layouts and previews and things like that. Uh, we have uh, a list of the upcoming streams, uh, reviews, all sorts of things. So so please go ahead and uh, yeah, go sign up for that. Uh, it's a good way, like I said, keeping up with what we're doing. Um, and then go to our Patreon uh, to sign up for the magazine. You can go to www.patreon.com slash Megavisions. You can subscribe to a physical or digital edition of Megavisions magazine. And we are back to publishing quarterly. And issue three will be publishing and shipping here in the next few weeks. So very excited to get this one to bed. Can't wait. So, All right. I think that is going to wrap up this week's show. Sam and Alicia, thank you once again for joining me. It's been fun, and we will see you all next week.